0: You know, I I love when uh I love when God directs us uh through uh sometimes uh when we are not able to do things ourselves. For instance, this morning um we have a reading which is in your bulletin that is the Genesis reading. So if you were looking at the bulletin it's about Abraham and how he is lamenting that he does not have any uh, children. And uh, his heir uh, is going to be from a slave woman. And uh, and that story, I think, is very familiar to all of us. And uh, we also heard today, this morning, the reading from Isaiah, which was from Isaiah 1, chapter one uh, verse 1 and then verses 10 to 20. And, uh, and I feel the fact that this reading got read is because it actually, believe it or not, emphasizes the point that I'm about to make today, which is we are going to look at what is faith That is relevant to our context today in our day and time, but also has been and is relevant across cultures and also across time and history. So what is that faith? Now, interestingly, the reading we heard from Isaiah kind of emphasizes that kind of an outward devotion and praise and worship of God, which there are some very critical words that Isaiah has. And I'll come back to them. So, today, thanks to how God moves, we have two Old Testament stories. (laughs) One psalm and one uh, reading from Hebrews in the New Testament and one gospel to consider. And it's a lovely, pleasant day for us to do all that in uh, in about an hour. Okay. Alright, nobody got my joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's let's move through this quickly. Alright? How's that? That that was reassuring, right? Yeah. Alright. So what does Abraham do that we remember? And what is that God say to him that we remember? I think if you know the meaning of that story, and I've heard it in church, uh, what you would remember is that he was childless, and then he was promised children, and oh, what a miracle he had children. Right? He believed, even in his old age, he had a child. What a miracle, what a act of faith that he believed in that. Well, yes, that's true. But let's look at the Holy Scripture. The Holy Scripture talks about it in a very interesting way because God says to him, come out. Come out and stand outside and look at the stars. Look at the stars. And he looks at those stars And he says, God says to Abraham, look, that is what I'm going to do to you. I am going to make your descendants this numerous, this many, like stars everywhere. And the scripture has these beautiful uh, response to to God's promise and God's words, uh, It says, and he believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. And he believed the Lord, and God reckoned it to him as righteousness. The author of Hebrews is recalling that story. And this is what he has to say. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead. This one, as good as dead. So he's saying Abraham was as good as dead at that point. Descendants were born. As many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. And then a really beautiful line. All of these died in faith without having received the promises. I'm going to say it again. All of those died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance, but from a distance, they saw and greeted them. My friends, yes, it is a miracle that he had a child in old age. But the real act of faith is that he understood what God was doing to him. And what is it that God was doing to him? God was putting him right outside to look at all the stars and saying to him, you see this? That's the big picture. That's the big picture. You know why you are feeling without hope and without joy and you're feeling like, oh my God, I got no descendant. You know why you're doing that? Why you're in that place? Because you are not focusing on the big picture. You are focusing on what? Me and my descendant that I want. And God says, take a step outside of the frame that you are in and look at the big picture. And what do you see in that big picture? Here's what he saw, that he was a small, little, tiny, twinkling star in that big picture. And there were many, many, many stars which were to be his descendants. Did he see all of them in his lifetime? Did he see all his descendants in his lifetime? No. I mean, I I haven't met Abraham. So definitely he didn't see all his descendants in his lifetime. Right? And that, he believed that that would be true. Even when I'm a tiny little twinkling star, the big picture is that of all these things that I will not see, that I will die before I can see that big picture. But that's okay because I will stay true to that big picture. He believed in that and that was reckoned to him as his faith. My friends, in my travels this summer and um, I want to thank God for all the ways that I have been able to reconnect and I have to tell you refreshed and renewed by all those travels. I was just sharing before this service with someone, uh, all the different kinds of uh, you know relationships, I've been able to refresh And I feel refreshed by that. And some of those relationships are from childhood. Some are because they are relatives. uh, Some are uh, because of my work, the people that I have had the uh, opportunity and a privilege to work with. And the really hard thing this summer for me was to not talk shop. (laughs) Right? So I would be with these uh, people with whom I have had this wonderful uh, relationship in ministry, and I would tell them right away, from the start, look, today we are not talking shop. We're just talking as friends. But in as much as we want that, when a relationship is based through shop, (laughs) that conversation somehow or the other pops up. But I was still trying to be very clear about the boundary that we are not going to talk shop-shop, right? We can talk all about all the concepts. So with this one person, uh, whom you know very well because he has done some wonderful work with our congregation on discipleship, I got into this conversation about where is faith in America today? How is it doing? How are people feeling? about their faith and their connection with God. And as you can see, it's a very wide, broad uh, topic. It's not about St. Paul's. It's not about what the work we were doing together. It's a really broad thing that we started talking about. And towards the end of that conversation, uh, Dane said to me, so what do you think we are Lacking in America? Why is it that uh, more and more churches feel like um, they don't see that many people there on Sundays and uh, the people who are there are mostly uh, 70 or 75 and above. And then he also pointed out that that there are churches where that's not true. They are full, right? And the average age is much, much, much lower. There are those churches too. So so he basically said, why do you think that is? It's not like everyone is experiencing that. There are churches who are doing that kind of work, and then there are others. So what do you think is going on? And my response is, and it's really related to what we just heard. My response is that over a very long period of time, through how society works, and through how our theological reflection works, and how we come together as churches, so it's no one's fault, but it's a it's a thing that uh, it's a direction that the evolution of our theological thinking has taken is that we have somehow started thinking that this faith thing is uh, something about me, right? Something to do with me. I have to be faithful. I am going to be in that situation of uh, being religious or not. Do I believe or not? Um, uh, You know, even, even very profound thinkers like C.S. Lewis talk about uh, your individual faith and how Jesus Christ has come for you and your salvation. And there are other brothers and sisters in the whole uh, um, house of God, uh, the Christian, the body of Christ, uh, who really emphasize this uh, uh, personal Lord and Savior language. Right? So, Whichever way you want to look at it, the entire society has somehow or the other been thinking about this thing about me. How do I? And the interesting thing is that everyone is coming to church or to faith or to religion seeking some very broad things. What are those broad things? Peace. Joy love, hope. Those are the things that people are looking for, right? So they go to this church or that church, whatever appeals to them, but those are the core things that they are looking for in this whole exercise of religion and faith. And yet, yet, we see That people increasingly are saying we don't find that helpful in bringing us to those things. Now, some of it is what Gandhi said. I love your Jesus Christ. I just don't like how the followers of Christ behave. (laughs) Right? And, and, And that's a criticism we all should accept. And, and think about, because in my ministry, there have been numerous times where I have worked very hard to bring somebody into church, and they come into church, and they see all the dynamics of the church, and they say, that's exactly why I didn't want to be in church. Right? So as community, we need to think about that. That's something for us to consider. But I think more than that, I think more than that, we have to think about what is it that Jesus was doing in his teaching. Did Jesus promise us our personal salvation or did Jesus promise us a part in, are you ready for this? The kingdom of God. You know, I'm ask this question. Did Jesus offer us personal salvation that in a way that we think about today, where we can carve out our own destiny and our own future? I want it to be this way, so I want a designer dog. Therefore, I want it to be Poodle and Newfie. So it will be new Poo, that will be my designer dog, because I wanted that. You see, right? Because I studied all of what each of those stand for. And I said, that's what I'm looking for. Does that give me joy and happiness? Or should I think about the fact that the joy and happiness that I get in it is from that companionship that that dog offers me? It's not in the design. It's how we relate. My friends, the challenge for us in America is to look at the bigger picture and to accept that we may not be there to see it all unfold. But as the college says this morning, Help us to do the right thing. To do the right thing in that bigger picture. Because as soon as things turn inwards about me, me, and me, hope, joy, love, and everything that we seek in faith goes out the window. We can spend a lot of time in meditation. Here's my observation. A lot of churches decided, well, we're not going to engage with certain social issues. We are only going to talk about God when we gather as a church. And that's wonderful. And those are the churches that you see really filling up. And yet, the latest observation is that even there, people are saying, huh, okay, I've been... Really focusing on my, my salvation, my time with Christ, my Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And yet there is an emptiness that I cannot fill. Because these were designed and are designed to get you in and get you out as quick as possible. They say, keep it simple. Right? Don't make the sermon too long. Keep it simple. Keep everything simple. Don't do the liturgy, right? Keep it simple, right? And yet what people are discovering is, the church people, that society is longing for more of God, not less of God. So even that model is coming ahead. So here's my concluding point as we are driving back from one of these trips I said to Molly I think I'm feeling refreshed and she said I agree and I said why is that so Why? Because you know how much I try to switch off my brain, it still doesn't switch off. And I said, why? Why am I feeling refreshed? What is it that we have done that brings us this renewal? The fact is, my friends, That our joy comes from appreciating, sharing, supporting someone else's joy and happiness. My joy came to see my friends and my cousins and my relatives and my colleagues doing well. I was actually really happy to see all of them because I could tune into their joy. And we had a time where we were sharing our joy. I came home renewed with joy. My friends, that is the meaning of looking at the big picture. Because if I start just focusing on myself, Very quickly, things can go down the path of everything that needs to be fixed in my situation. But when I look outwards, and I can truly find and appreciate the joy and the hope and the love in someone else's life. That is beautiful when I can appreciate my friend's daughter singing in Michigan Singers and really enjoy that, I am connected in a relationship with someone else. My friends, that is what faith is. That is what churches are supposed to do. Churches are supposed to be places where we can truly enjoy And feed from the positivity in each other's lives. And when there is sadness to be there for support. And when we find. That we are not appreciating joy in someone's life. In fact we are asserting our own over against someone else's. Then that creates an environment where we are not looking at the big picture, but just our own star to be the most bright star ever. Abraham understood that faith. The author of Hebrews says it beautifully. And all of these died in faith, without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. Jesus says, do not be afraid, In those two beautiful words, little flock. We in our own selves are little, but then the invitation is what? For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, the kingdom. My friends, God's invitation is to God's kingdom. And when we accept that invitation, we find renewal because we find our hope lived through generations. Just like we say, we believe in the God of Abraham, the God of God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and Jacob, right? We go from generation to generation. That's what we do. That is faith, and that is faith today that is relevant. That is faith that has been universal all across cultures and times. And once we are able to tap into it, my friends, I can assure you through personal experience that there is no other way to find peace, joy, love, and hope than to be connected in this beautiful thing called faith. Amen.